into the CHGO Bears podcast, day three, Radio Row, presented by Factor Meal Kits. Head to factormeals.com slash CHGO Bears 50 and use code CHGO Bears 50 to get how much off? 50% off. Big, big. We love you, Some of us are probably feeling 50% off today, namely Nick. Um... I'm great, though. I'm great. Thank you for looking out for me. Uh, actually, your, your computer's blocking oh, okay. so you're fine. Yeah, I should probably <laughs> There's rules about showing oh, yeah, yeah. credentials. I hate rules. I'm tangled, though. I don't know how I'm I actually going to get this off. I cannot stand rules. Tommy Two Hands. Tommy, Tommy Two Hands. Yeah, we got new nicknames today. Tommy Two Hands over here. Greg Braggs Jr. Okay. Uh, Adam Hogue, my nickname is still just Hogue, boring and as usual. No, um, you have a new nickname. Your new nickname is eight minutes late this morning, Adam uh, Hogue. Eight minutes late, well, Hogue. Then we got Mr. Mark. It's called Mr. Professional, always on time, never late, always there for you, Carm. You were late this let me, morning. Let me teach you a lesson. Let me teach you a lesson. Yeah. The person who has the car keys is never late. Yeah. We leave when I leave. That's eight, true. Eight That's minutes late. You were, you were eight minutes early. I was not late. And you were late, too, so I don't I even want to hear late. it. I wasn't late. No show, Nick. No show. Yeah, no. <laughs> no show is right. Yeah. Nah, we had fun last night. Last night was the big uh, the media extravaganza. It's beyond the media, though. It's become this huge thing. It's the, basically the host committee party. Uh, we had a good time. We taught uh, Greg Braggs how to play craps, which is why he's now Tommy Two Hands. Tommy Two Hands. Because he does not know All how these to, rules, Does man. not know how to properly roll the dice without basically getting kicked out of a casino. <laughs> I mean, how ridiculous. What a stupid rule. You got it one hand. What What is going to change the dice? If I put it from one hand to the other and then throw it, <laughs> they're, I mean, they're making sure you're not like Matt Eberflus with tricks up your sleeves. Uh, you have I to keep like the Chris dice Angel? over I mean, the Jesus table. Christ. Yes, you can't. If anybody's played craps, I, I wish I had some dice in front of me right now. But p- imagine picking up the dice in one hand, bringing it all the way out of the table, and then switching mm, hands, and then rolling it. You get kicked out of casinos for that, man. Well, they didn't kick me out, and I was the only, you know, because you said that the the table was dead, and I was the only one that actually had, you know, good rolls. I was on a heater both times I rolled, so. You're an incredible person. That wasn't with a heater, Lawrence? Incre- that wasn't a heater? Because everybody hey, let me seems tell you to be something. really excited. Let me tell you something. That qualified as a heater at that table. That was the worst craps table of all time. So everybody was rooting uh, me on, so Tommy too. Good job, Greg. Okay, I, I don't home. know. Thank you, anyway, uh, Carm went to bed. More, yeah, I, well, yeah, right in, in, in fact, okay. So some goals today besides not losing money at the craps table. Uh, we are asking for your help. We have a goal. We want to get to 48,000 YouTube subscribers today. Let's get this done. I think we're like 47.4. We can get to 48 today. That's the goal today. So Absolutely. we appreciate everybody that watches and supports the show, listens to it. Yep. Please, uh, if you're a podcast listener, if you don't watch us on YouTube, please just do us a favor. Go to our YouTube channel, CHGO Sports, and please hit subscribe. It just helps us grow as a company. Uh, we are. I, let me tell you, we are rolling deep here in Vegas as an all-city network. Yeah, we are. Uh, I mean, we're honest to God, we are up there with, like, some of the big networks that are here. We got, I think, 27 people across all of our networks, seven shows every single day live. So we really appreciate your support. But here at CHGO, we want to get to 48,000 today. So send the link off to a friend, some Bears fans you know. Please hit that subscribe button. We really do appreciate it. We also love how many people are signing up to become new CHGO diehards. And as we do every day, we're going to let Carm harass you 
as he welcomes you to the family. It, it harasses love, and that's what we're doing. There's no harassment. This is just straight love. And we start out with our guy, Ben. Big Ben. Big in the post. Jump hook over the left shoulder. Always comes back to sports. Jump hook over the oh, right shoulder. Ben. I and, and can hit the J, too. Ben, you're my guy. Steven, my leadoff hitter today. Steven, maybe even actually, we'll put you in the two-hole, Steven, because you are listed on my sheet as the two-hole. You're a guy that can go to right. You can go, you can go to left. You might hit a line drive right up the middle, move the runner beautifully. Steven, welcome to being a diehard. I like you as I like you in the slot, too, uh, if we're talking football. And then there's Greg with two Gs. So, uh, look. That's actually Greg with three Gs, but, you know. Right, right. One at the start, two at the end. That's an excellent point. Greg with two Gs <laughs> is uh, the Three this, Gs. Right, right. Thank you. Stop ruining my role. Greg, <laughs> you're the man. Thank you for being in here. I see you as our closer. I'm thinking back to a Kevin Greg who had two Gs on the back end of his name. Cubs. It wasn't a good closer, but you are, Greg. Thank you. Jimmy, my main man, Jimmy. Jimmy Johns. Jimmy, Jimmy Sandwich. Jimmy G. Jimmy Jimmy Player. Jimmy, Jimmy you when you walk into a when you walk into a room, you want Jimmy with you. And then my guy Jacob, another J. Jacob, uh, he probably had one of the great bar mitzvahs of all time, Jacob. Uh, and if he didn't, then uh, he's still a, it was honorary member of the tribe. Jacob is a guy that I think can. I, I actually like him in the slot, uh, both and at the point. Uh, if, if, if Jacob played hockey, dude probably had a wicked slap shot. And then Jeremy, who signed up last night on Twitter because of my amazing uh, video with my, <laughs> with, my, with my new wife, uh, whatever her name was, Candy or Secret or uh, or uh, Diamond. Diamond <laughs> could have been Diamond. Yeah, she, well, she definitely confirmed Caleb Williams to the Bears. That yeah, was if, if, if you missed it, go to at the put car. The, put the debate to bed. Go Hard to, hitting journalism the right there. Answer. Yeah. Ended that debate. Yeah, that was big. She, she, I, I asked her who if the Bears were going to draft draft Caleb Williams, and she said yes. yes. So and, the, that, and that's why our guy Jeremy signed up. Jeremy, you've got great taste. The, Excellent job. The vibes were great last night. It was a lot of fun at the media night party, and it's transferred over here today at Radio Row. Like, this is high octane today. Like, you can feel the vibe, the energy as soon as we walked in. Seth Rollins. Talk to Seth Rollins. Burt Kreischer. You got – Celebrities, Who all like. Get a name drop. No, I'm just telling you. I let, let, a let, me, let me tell you something. Uh, you, you, this guy. I'm painting I, a picture. This guy's probably the MVP so far this week. I do have to say. Yep. He's, um, he's been big. He's been big. We no love. Doubt. We love you. It all goes for not though if you do not get my guy Burt Kreischer on the show by Friday. I am going to move that is heaven the goal. and earth to get Burt Kreischer here on the show. This is definitely going to be one of those shows where I'm walking off a few times. Please do. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're, we're, we, there's a lot of moving parts going right. on. Just saw Baker Mayfield a minute ago. You, you, so also, have to repair my, uh, you also have to repair my Uber rating from our, our ride back from the party last night. So Dude, you got to work on that, too. Somewhat forget that. That. Yeah, oh, yeah. So right. oh, you guys talking about my cigar smell. No, it was and you potent. also smoked a cigar. So I, know. I don't know what you're talking about here. Yeah, it stuck no. to you a little bit more, right. I think. All right, um, it, let, let's get into this show. We got a lot to One yes. more thing. Just remember, we do have our event tonight oh, at yes. Circa yes. from 6 till 8. Please Con. come on out to Circa. On the ball. You are, you are invited. Diehards, you get preferential treatment, but literally maybe just come and become a diehard. Anybody is invited, if you're here, come to Circa tonight between 6 and 8. It's going to be sweet. 
uh, two free drinks if you sign on up. So come yes. on out. And you will also get the pleasure to ha to watch Mark Carmen watch a Northwestern basketball game, and that in and of itself would be worth uh, you know the trip. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, yeah. Northwestern you versus Nebraska drinks. tonight. Carm is going to be freaking out for this we entire two, party. Two extra drinks for from from Nick yep. and uh, coming up in a second as Hope gets us into the show. We're going to play you one of the more awkward interviews uh, we did with uh, both Jackson Smith and Jigba and Chris Olave. We need your help to just to figure out what happened. Just real quick, uh, if you're looking for the link to RCP for the event tonight, uh, I just retweeted it. Um, so you can find that there at Adam Hogue on Twitter. We should probably get that on the CSGO Bears account at some yes, point, sir. too. Um, but, all right, yes, huge show today. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chris Olave, two wide receivers who have played with Justin Fields, know him well. JSN also with Shane Waldron this past season. you got to hear his reaction to just basically us mentioning Shane's name. Um, it's a moment. I, we're not going to lie. This is not the greatest interview that's ever been done in the history of interviews, but... Um, it was fun, and 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 and, 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 and even, there was a no, very noticeable thing that happened in this were interview. Wings. Yes, I, I don't know if it was fun. It was it was it was painful, but it was it, it was informative. Yeah. We also have Field Gates, Tom Pelissero, Brian Billick. Am I missing anybody else? We got a lot. We got a lot coming on the show, but let's start right now with our sit down with Jackson Smith and Jigwa and Chris Olave. All right, this legitimately might be the best promotional situation that's been going on on I'm Radio going Row right this in right now. Right now. <laughs> week. That's right. Yeah, right now, Lawrence. We have Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba with us. Bounty's been out here all week. This is brilliant. Mm, First of uh -huh. all, if you give media food, they're already happy. But you can't eat wings without needing. You can't. Without bounty. Without bounty. bounty. So this Impossible. is just, it is brilliant marketing. It is. You can't have football without wings. Yeah. Can't have wings without bounty. And you guys got some sweet jackets to go yeah. along with it. Green looks great. It's yeah. green, my favorite color. So in all seriousness, um, so we're in Chicago, and Bears fans love you guys, even though you're not on the Bears. Trust me, we've spent the last two drafts talking a lot about you two. The idea and the dream of you guys playing with Justin Fields, um, and you guys ended up in great spots. Things are going well for you, and, and we're all happy about that. But just know, Bears fans do love you guys, and and, and wish you were playing with Justin. <laughs> yeah, it's a dream, man. Uh, uh, I know Justin's a one of one of a kind talent, and I'm excited for him in the future. Yeah, it's always good to hear that, especially going to Cincinnati. The Ohio State fans showed me a lot of love, and Chicago. Yeah, they, I feel like they were real eager to try to get us. So you know, having love, you know, wherever you go on visiting teams is always cool for for me. Can you explain why he's so beloved by people that play with him? Because everybody that talks about Justin Fields seems to love Justin Fields. Man. He's one of the best best talents I've, I've seen. Uh, I worked with him uh, at Ohio State for a couple years, and just his work ethic. You know what I'm saying? He puts his head down. He puts his head down. Uh, he works as hard as anyone, and uh, he, he's so humble with it. And he's uh, the way he carries himself off the field and on the field, uh, second to none. So, just a great great guy. I mean, I remember coming in on my recruiting trip, and you know, he's treating me. You know, just like, you know, you would want to be treated. And, you know, that's how he lives his life. And he does all the right things off the field. So, you know, I'm a big fan of him. As friends of his, as teammates, ex-teammates of his, how do you guys look at this situation he's in? Because it's honestly a little unfair to him. You know, not too many court. He's 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 been good. He is a starting quarterback in the NFL. There's no question about it. But yet these the Bears are just in this weird spot where they happen to have the number one overall pick. And he's sort of just caught in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, yeah, I hate it for him. Uh, definitely, I always stick up for him because to me, it's not his fault. You know, let's get some help in there. You know, maybe I'm, I'll be the GM, you know, <laughs> in a little bit. But let's let's get some guys in there and, and sling it around. I mean, it's that simple. Chris, me. I'm going to put you in a slightly <laughs> uncomfortable position right now because we were, at the end of the season, we were having an argument on the show. We were comparing the Bears quarterback situation to every other playoff team that was in there in the NFC. And then we got to you guys, and I said, I'm going to take Derek Carr over Justin because of what he's done in his career. And this dude <laughs> walked off the set on me straight, uh, thought it was so ridiculous. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm not yelling at Justin. And by I'm, the way, saying, I'm, a, I'm a Derek Carr fan. I really am. And you weren't I, at that moment. Not, not that day, I, but I have been. But, no, I did walk off the set. I admit it. Yeah, so. Because I, I'm, I, you know, Team Justin can you, on that I, one. I don't want to put you in too awkward a spot, but, I mean, Derek, Derek's real now. I mean, this, that's a good QB you got to play with this oh, year. Oh, yeah, he's a veteran, man. I mean, he's 10 years in the league. Uh, he's been playing real good ball with the Raiders first year uh, with the Saints offense so uh, we just got to build man it's, just, it's about chemistry I'll take it I gave him credit at the end the, the take did age well because I mean Derek, Derek, Derek did you guys I, I felt like offensively you guys did everything you could up to the end mm -hmm. to, to get in it just didn't really work out right right yeah no, he's, he's solid. I get it. It's, it's okay. We're going to just split that one down the middle. Okay. Bears fans are super interested about the offensive coordinator coming in, Shane Waldron. What can you tell them about who they just hired to, to uh, try to get this offense where it needs to go? Um, uh, oh. this, is, this is live? Yeah. <laughs> We're not live. We're not live. I'm playing. Um, <laughs> Uh, good luck to y'all. I mean, he, he's a he's a great person, great offensive coordinator. I was very lucky to have him my first year. Learned a lot from him. Um, I think he's gonna. I think him and Justin will mesh well, and um, you know, adding more guys around him, uh, I think it would be great. So we'll see. Do you do you have any advice that you give to Justin in that situation? Considering that you know the coach that's coming in. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, he's gonna love Justin. Um, so really, just Justin, be yourself and and go make plays for real. <laughs> that's it. Fair enough. That's another tough spot for you too. There was there and gone. You guys are. It's, it's, this is the uh, the world you live in. You had a very tough decision to make. I mean, you're you're playing three games your last year. Am I going to put myself in the draft? Where am I going to go? How did you get yourself to the point like, you know what, it's it's my time, even though my last year at Ohio State didn't go necessarily the way you wanted it to go? Yeah, I mean, I just had to pray on it a lot. And, um, you know, just given the cards I was dealt, you know, especially, you know, I had a good feeling that CJ was going to leave and that they were going to kind of have a new team. And, you know, I don't like to play with money. You know, if I, if I see something that's kind of guaranteed, you know, I ain't going to play with it. I'm going to go get it. Let's go, then. <laughs> Soak it up like bounty right there. <laughs> All right. One more, for, more, one more for you guys. Give us the scouting report on Marvin Harrison, Jr. Well-rounded. Well-rounded. Anything He can do anything you ask. I mean, run it, best route runner I've seen. Great hands. Phenomenal. Any 6'4". 6'4". Jump out mm -hmm. the gym. 4'3". Uh -huh. I mean, gee, what else is there to say? Uh, <laughs> hey, look, two years ago, the Bears fans wanted you. Last year, they wanted you. Now it's Marvin Harrison Jr. At some point, the Bears got to deliver one of these Ohio State wide receivers. Who wins the Who wins a race? You, Marvin, Justin, the four of you going. Oh. Mm. I, I would say Chris. Oh, look at that smile down there. Oh, 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 I, I ain't turning that down. Chris, get up out of there, for real. I'd pay to watch that. 
Look, he's a Hawkeye. I'm a Badger. We both have ties to Northwestern, too. You Buckeyes are just, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> Annoying in some way, but we have all the respect in the world because it's a heck of a program. Cats almost got you all in 2020 for a second there now. <laughs> what Come cats? on, Chris. You know, you know that they were yeah, in there at halftime. I mean, yes, it was I was at that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a four quarter game. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> it's, it's we fair. were down some players. Oh, you talking on the, the Big, Big Ten, Ten championship? Oh, yeah, game. I wasn't there. I yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, it was yeah. Nice. yeah. no. Who got sick? Justin was sick that game. Nah, uh, nah. He Justin played. He didn't. He I didn't have his best game. Oh, Garrett didn't play. Oh, we 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 mm-hmm. were in the hotel together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had COVID. That's yeah, right. You guys had the COVID. COVID. Didn't you, didn't, did, you didn't play. That's right. Nah, I totally right. forgot about yeah. that. Like the kicker, the punter was sick too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember pregame because I was doing sidelines for Northwestern, and we were all like trying to figure out who's even playing in this game. I forgot about that. I I, I forgot about yeah. that too. Garrett Garrett had, of, of you guys, Garrett was the only one. Who, I mean, you didn't play, so he had, he had caught four balls. Right. I was trying to yeah. And another. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate the wings. Bounties getting it done this week on Radio Row. And, and yeah. you can go ahead and get one. Okay. There we go. Oh, there there you go, Rex. I'll get one with you. Just when you guys hit free agency, think about Chicago. It's it's a beautiful city. We got great wings. We got all the, we got all the paper got towels, you. and you get to play in front of some amazing fans. Chicago, you, you you'd like it someday. It's gonna be in the thoughts. There we go. There we go. There we we'll go. think about it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate, appreciate it. you guys. For sure. Are we live? <laughs> are, are we? Are we live? No, kind of. Is this live? So, sort of. Actually, now, yes, we are Now live. this is live. Okay. Now, now it is live. That was... I, we apologize. I, I, I apologize. I, I, I don't even know... I don't, I don't even know what we should... That... What was wrong be, with him, Shane? Sorry, that was this question that we should ask for you all. For us. Yeah, I, look... I, Never had a reaction like that ever. I, I, in uh, all, uh, all the years we've been doing this, like that, th- I'm not gonna lie, that threw me off, and not a 100% happy about how I handled it. I, I feel like there was definitely probably follow- the better follow-up question that could have been answered there. Um, but that was certainly not the reaction to mentioning Shane Waldron that I thought we were gonna get. Um, so I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I do think the context is important. He's, he was a rookie. He was only with them for one year. Um, well, some of the research that I did behind the scenes afterwards on it, he is not, from what, from what I understand, like when we're going to talk to Tom Pelissero, he's going to speak very well as Shane Waldron a little bit later in the show. But I've also heard from different people that he is not exactly Mr. Front of the Room guy. He's not, he is not a head coach galvanizing dude. He's a little bit awkward. Uh, that doesn't mean that he doesn't know what he's doing. But as far as connecting with guys, you could clearly see that he didn't have the best connection with Jackson Smith and Jake. And that's just one player. Right. You know, yeah. that's just one player. But yeah. unfortunately, it's the only player we've had access to so far that's played for him. Uh, maybe there will be more as this week goes along. But that was... Um, I appreciated the honesty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even, like, people in the comments, like, oh, we're cooked. And, like, I, maybe we so, are. I wouldn't worry are, about it too much. Yeah. But look, Jackson Smith and Jigba, 63 receptions, 628 yards, four touchdowns. He has DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett on the roster, too. So it's not like he wasn't a part of the offense. But when I saw that initially, like, oh, maybe, maybe yeah. the Bears are cooked. But we'll have to wait and see on that, you guys. At least those wings were cooked. <laughs> Good wings. Good. Bounty came through. Well, in, in life, especially in coaching, if I may wax poetic for you for a second, it's more important to be respected than to be liked in that position. And I'm not saying that Jack and Smith and Jigman had a ton of respect for him with that is this live reaction, but 
who may, maybe maybe he looked back on his time with Shane Waldron someday in perhaps a different way than he's looking at it right now. I've watched that probably like 20 times since we recorded that yesterday, which was also why I was thrown off by like just the question of are we live? Because mm -hmm. technically we weren't live, but also we all have microphones on. And then, and then we were all he was he ended up saying he was kidding with that too. So I, we're we're good with it. But it was it was definitely well, uh, that, and then and then we and then field. we had to bring up the Big Ten championship game where we all forgot that like they both half had the roster had co had COVID and I I yeah. completely forgot that too. Uh, even though I covered that game, gentlemen, I'm jumping in while Braggs is gone. Okay. Uh, I'm officially starstruck for the first time this week. Who do you what got? Do we got? I, I'm guessing. It's not an athlete. I'm guessing I none you. of you know who it is. Yeah, it's, it's not. Then an we athlete. definitely should bring it up. Lil Dicky. Do you know who Lil Dicky is? The show Dave on FX. No. He's a rapper. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my God. You're starstruck by Lil Dude, Dicky. That That's show was amazing. That shout out to Dave. Okay. It's a great show. It's an awesome yeah. show. Yeah. Okay. And he's like two tables <gasps> over. He's right there. Yeah. Oh, it's he's wearing wild. pink. He looks good. Go get your camera oh, out and man. talk to Lil Dicky with Lawrence. He's the best. Hogan and I will just sit here and <laughs> think <laughs> about it, and think about our awkward interview with Jackson Smith and Jake Blake, Chris Olave. Oh, we'll try to do better team. with Field Yates coming up in a couple of minutes. Well, but first, Field, Field's our guy. We're we're, we're going to be fine. Hey, um, it's a big week. There's a big game this week. I think you know that. And uh, if you're thinking about going. You got to check out Game Time. And really, you should be using Game Time for anything that you're thinking about going to. I checked Game Time yesterday. I briefly thought about going to the hockey game last night. Ooh. The, the Golden Knights played the Oilers last night. Um, it's a big one, but we had prior plans that we had to attend to as well. Um, so we didn't do that. But I did check Game Time. I was like, how, how, can, we, can we get in here? So, um, you know what? Another thing to look at this, like with this game, what would you do with an extra hundred hours? Like I know it would help me after that craps table last night to have that extra one hundred dollars. Um, but it, you know, if you're thinking, if you're in Vegas, you're thinking about going to the game, you can have an extra hundred dollars in your pocket by using Game Time because Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. And right now, all users get one hundred dollars off when they buy a big game ticket with code. Vegas 100. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat. They hook it up. They got flash. I love the flash deals. You swipe the little flash deal thing, and the best option for you pops up right there, right away. You check the, the view from your seat. You know what you're going to have. And Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase as well. Again, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app. Use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code CHGO. That's always available to you for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Factor is the way to go when you are looking for the best way to eat both deliciously and efficiently. Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals, make eating every day easy. Whatever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre prepared, chef crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto and calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals, snacks, smoothies, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math factor. is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor, the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale, and delicious options that are done easily. Call to action is this. Go to factormeals.com. 
Put in the code CHGO Bears 50. Use that code CHGO Bears 50 and you get 50% off. That is CHGO Bears 50 at factormeals.com. CHGO Bears 50. Get 50% off factormeals.com. All right, hoping to talk to Field Yates from ESPN. Um, here in a minute. I think Braggs is hunting him down. That'll be a live interview. Um, we're also going to have Tom Pelissero. And, and I think specifically as we're talking about Shane Waldron and this hire, um, I'll just summarize what I've heard now, including that conversation yesterday we, yesterday we had. I think you did a good job there, Carm, talking about, like, there's almost some flusiness to this hire, too, where, like, I don't know that everybody looks at Matt Eberflus like he's the, you know, he's going to rah-rah, you know, Dan Campbell you up and, and get you ready for the game. But schematically, he's going to do a hell of a job. He's going to he, he's gonna probably, at least to start the game, put you in, a, in the right position. I mean, Matt Eberflus has been doing a lot of things well, despite the fact that I'm not sure how many, especially, you know, fans at this point look at him like some big galvanizing force that's getting them, you know, ready to go on Sunday. It seems like the early feedback. And again, we haven't talked to Shane Waldron. No. I've never talked to Shane Waldron. He has not been introduced to the to the media yet. Um, but it seems like Shane Waldron is kind of more of that type of coach. But the more and more people you talk about around the league, like he's going to scheme things up. It's, it's going to be good. And it's and it and and we're going to talk to Tom Pelissero, who does know Shane Waldron. Apparently, he's known him for a while, so he's got some really good insight on that. Um, and, and so you'll get a different perspective. So definitely a awkward awkward exchange there with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, I think it's pretty clear how he feels about him. I think that that's, that's fair to say, but it is just one player, and it's just, you know, one thing to, I guess, put in the scorebook yeah, to I consider. Mean, we, I, I talked to Kerry Joseph, who does know Shane Waldron and how he can, again, uh, construct an offense, and he said it's all about Shane's mentality, putting the quarterback in a confident position. It, look, we haven't talked to him like you said, Adam, but I feel like when we do get that introductory press conference, he's going to come off as a, a football guy, right? Like like an Eberflus type like you were talking about. Not have the big personality, but the X and O's, get on the, the whiteboard, drop the play, this is what you got to do, this is where you got to be, details. Like that's what I think we're going to come across when we, when we actually get to talk to him in person. But, yeah, that, again, that was very interesting what Jack Smith and Jigba had to say. Well, I, I, you know, fingers crossed this works out for the Bears, but you could put me in the slightly – concerned mm -hmm. history of Matt Eberflus hires corner after that moment with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm not I'm not completely willing to give the Bears the 100% benefit of the doubt that they made a great hire. I hope they did and he is well respected around the league mm -hmm. and the Bears got a lot of props for moving quickly and getting it done with Shane Waldron so I'm not by any means out on Shane Waldron just from one Jackson Smith and Jigba reaction. But well, another way to look at it is I think that's the first negative thing we've heard about him. That's I was about to say that too. Like everything else has been pretty positive with Shane Waldron. That's the one outlier. Now it's also so a pretty strong source. It's yes. a player who played for him. <laughs> but I, I, I had heard the front of the room thing before too. Okay. So that that wasn't that wasn't the first time and that and so But I mean fine. a lot of coaches are like that. I 
It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Maybe that means he'll just be here forever and just run the greatest offense in the history of man. And we'll be winning Super Bowls with Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or Drake May. Well, that was an interesting conversation that we had yesterday with Nate Tice, who uh, we, we we clipped that down for you if you missed it yesterday. It's available on our social channels. But basically saying that you know he would he indeed would draft Drake May. He trade back draft May and trade both Justin and and you know and pass on Caleb. That was that was an interesting conversation. Hey man, if Drake May ends up being QB1 four years from now, uh, whether it's for the Bears or a different team, and he didn't end up being correct about that, let's remember Nate Tyson and give him his props because yeah. he's he's somewhat on an island right now on that one. Um, but he talks about it from a very well-educated, doing the homework, watching the actual tape, believing mm -hmm. in it. Uh, this is not some guy that's just trying to make a hot take here and, you know, get something out of it. He truly does believe it. And I think and, – and by the way, Drake May's really good. Like, I, I like Drake yeah. May too. You, could, you can talk you – I mean, I know people – look, you know how I feel about Caleb Williams at this point. We, we, we get it. But what, what Nate Tice was talking about Drake May um, – could you could talk me into the idea of moving back one spot, getting a haul from from Washington, still drafting him instead? You're not talking me into that, and I and I, <laughs> okay. and I did, but I uh, but but I was interested. I'm not. I don't, yeah. I don't think you could actually talk me into it, but I and I did say to him yesterday, if the Bears do that, and he doesn't work out, I will hold you personally responsible. <laughs> yeah, you you will be, uh, you will be. You are the worst multitasker of all time. You will be. Your brain, just, your brain is shut off as I tried to show you that. That was a very, very important text that I that it was worth the shutting off situation. I'll work so on that. Stop. I would just be very upset with Nate Tice if, he, if that ever happened. I'm holding him personally responsible. Yeah. I said you it told to him face. that. Yeah, you told him that. I yeah. think that's that's harsh, but, you, you know. know it's, it's not fair at all, but, yeah. you know, he came on here, and if, if Poles is watching our show like he does every day, and we know that he does, mm -hmm. then and, and, it, and that flipped him. Then that's you know then it, it is on Nate Tice. But to be fair to Nate Tice too, like okay, if like if Caleb Williams wasn't in this draft, like we would all be talking about Drake May, maybe the way that people are talking about Caleb Williams right now. He is a legitimate guy that. Uh, and I think that, I think that's Nate's point. Yeah, like, yeah. This so guy's like, QB one in most drafts. Don't overlook yeah. him just because Caleb's here. So. Yeah. That's that's needs to be mentioned. Too. Um, also, one thing I wanted to bring up because I saw this going on social media. I love Bears fans. I really do. I, I genuinely mean that. It, but like, did you see this video that's been going around of me sitting basically just like this, looking at Robbie Gold yesterday while Robbie Gold was talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. No, I mean I was literally just sitting here looking at him, listening. You, you, and it's been turned into like this big thing on social media where like, look at how pissed Hogue is. Hearing, hearing Robbie talk. You had resting Hogue face. <laughs> resting Hogue face. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that was a thing, but I'll own it. <laughs> it's, it's I'll own it. It's officially face. a thing. You have, that, you have that look where when you're not completely certain what someone's saying or you're thinking about. Well, that was a pretty hot take. They should take Marvin Harrison, number one. Yeah, it was, it was a, hot take. a hot take. Fairly, yeah. fairly hot take. Was I not supposed to have a reaction? Well. I didn't have a big reaction, though. I was just kind of looking at him. People just stared him down, dog. You could have you, you been like, Robbie, is, are you out of your complete mind? My point is I love Bears fans. Okay. That's I, I love that we've gotten to the point that we are now analyzing my face as people are talking about this stuff. This has risen to that level, and I'm not, I'm not even being facetious. I genuinely, like, this is why I love doing this, because of how passionate Bears fans are, that we have gotten to that point. You keep doing that. I'm serious. Like, we're going to keep it fun here. We are not <laughs> – we, we – 
this has gotten way too serious at times yep. and crossed some lines, and I hope we can stay away from that. Um, I'm talking about, you know, things on social media mainly when it comes to that. But, you know, let's continue to have fun with it because that's our whole mantra here at CHGO and really been my mantra since I started covering this team 13 years ago. Resting uh, Hulk Robbie Goldface, we'll call it from now on. <laughs> Look, I like Robbie. I've known Robbie for a long time, and when he talks, I listen. It's, it's not un, unlike when you talk, and I'm like thinking right. about how you do know. I get out of this? I know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's experience every day. I yeah. get it. All right, let's talk about DraftKings. How about that? Uh, if you're looking for a super offer on Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks to 200 instantly in bonus bets. Uh, lots of interesting lines out there. I've been following the game line all week. I don't want to give away my prediction on Wednesday, but how can you not like the Chiefs as an underdog right now? Yeah. I just feel like and that's just where I'm leaning. Um, it's where the public's leaning. Well, 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 that always makes me nervous, especially in in, in uh, this town that we're in. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code CHGO. New, new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text 8... Text Hope NY. That's four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred sixty eight hours after issuance. See dkngcom football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Right now, the San Francisco 49ers, if you haven't checked, they're a one-and-a-half-point favorite at this moment on February the 7th with the game coming up on Sunday. If you are trying to come to the game and you're in town here, True Fan Travel is going to be throwing their own tailgate party on Sunday in Vegas as we welcome Field Yates to the show in just a second. If you're a CHGO listener in Vegas for the week and are looking for an awesome experience to watch the game, True Fan Travel will be hosting a tailgate and watch party at Daylight Beach Club at Mandalay Bay within walking distance to Allegiant Stadium. Best place before, during the big game on Sunday, five-hour premium open bar, all-inclusive package, fan favorite food options, private restrooms, outdoor heaters, DJ entertainment from 2 until 3.30, phenomenal location, short walk to the stadium. Surprise guests are going to be there as well, so you'll be seeing the big shooters. Reserve your spot now to the all-inclusive VIP tailgate and watch party. Uh, or, by the way, they have some, an option for some private cabanas available, too. Ooh. 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 You we'll, get, we'll get one of those for Braggs. you got to be 21 overhead to truefan.travel forward slash trip forward slash Super Bowl 2024 to learn more. Truefan travel, truefan.travel forward slash trip forward slash Super Bowl 2024 to learn more. All right, keeping the show rolling with uh, one of my favorite guys to talk football with in the offseason when we run into each other at events. Field Yates from ESPN. Uh, great job at the Senior Bowl last Thank you, week. Sir. I slipped at 25 bucks to say that, just so yeah. people are aware. I think yeah. you have to disclose that it, these days. It, it's, uh, it, we won't confirm if that's true or not, but I might, <laughs> I might need 25 bucks after that craps table last night. Um, <laughs> You're just making sure the local economy here in Vegas stays strong. You right? know, why not? <laughs> I, I made a donation. We'll, right. we'll, we'll just say that. You got to do the that. Taxpayers, that's all. Super yeah. Bowl week here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Field was down in Mobile last week. Um, some great coverage. Nick was there as well. Yep. Um, Nick was on the, the draft beat for the past, like, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Trying and senior, right? Yeah, I was, I was everywhere. Now we're here. It's a great time. <laughs> we got the draft figured out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Uh, what's your temperature right now with what the Bears should do? You're talking about number one, right? Yeah, they, they, they do have the number sure. one pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. unless they traded it in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it is interesting down here though, just being on you know on Radio Row and like, yeah. look, there's two teams playing in the Super Bowl, but the Bears seem to be like the next team of totally. conversation. All right, so do we want the? Uh, so I, I tell people all the time that I've got like my we have a little bit of time to talk this out answer, and I've got my 25 second TV answer. Which one do you want? Let's go with the talk it out. Okay, let's let's talk talk out. I yeah. want to go right. deep with field. Let's, let's go, go right. deep down the field. Let's go deep down the field. So Ooh. the Bears have sort of like a three or four pronged plan ahead. Right now, you got to start with this evaluation. You got to decide internally. You have to make an evaluation about what kind of player Justin Fields is. They've said things publicly, and certainly we've seen Justin on the field for a good chunk of three seasons. But the Bears are the only ones that know exactly how the Bears feel about Justin. Take that evaluation. If you believe that Justin is the kind of player that has a chance to become a full-time starter for a long time with you guys, the next part of the conversation is, all right, let's have a conversation with his representation. He's now extension eligible. That's one of the next dominoes that's going to fall for Justin, whether it's here in Chicago or somewhere else. And if you start to sort of throw numbers around and the representation and you are on the same page and you feel like Justin has a chance to be a long-time starter, that kind of makes the idea of keeping Justin that much more palatable. If you think he's a longtime starter, but you feel like the two sides are on, you know, sort of different pages in terms of uh, money-wise, like the, that's going to influence the decision as well. Because if you feel like there's this gap that you can't bridge, that might make you feel a little bit more like you have to go down the quarterback route in the draft. Simultaneously to all this, you have to be doing your own evaluations of not just Caleb Williams, but the other quarterbacks in this class. And you have to decide, right, is one of these guys clearly the best? Most people believe it's Caleb Williams. I will be part of that group. But also, Jaden Daniels, like, I mean, there's not anything he could have done this year to improve his draft mm -hmm. stock more than what he did during his Heisman Trophy winning season at LSU. And then Drake May was, he was built at quarterback factory, six foot four, 230 pounds, like, born to play quarterback. So you got to have that evaluation as well. And then you have to take it to the next step. All right, if you're going to take one of those, if you don't want to take one of those quarterbacks, what do the offers look like to move down? If, you know, like, are you going to get three first-round picks to move from one to seven or one to eight? Because if you can get three first-round picks to go from one to eight and you get to keep Justin Fields and you feel like you've got a financial plan in place there, then... You might have a chance to not just keep Justin Fields, but build around him in a pretty special way. You might have two first-round wide receivers joining him this upcoming year. Long, rambling answer, of course. I think it's a lot more nuanced, though, than trade Justin Fields or, hey, uh, keep Justin Fields and take Marvin Harrison Jr. and just, you know, be done with it. There's a lot that goes on over these next two and a half months for Ryan Poles. That's all great, Field. But in Chicago, you have to be on one team or the other. There is yeah. no nuance. So if I, had to make a, if I had to plant my flag, <laughs> my flag would be planted on... Do your best to get as much return you can for Justin Fields and yeah. take a quarterback number one overall. So let's, can we go in that direction with Field? Because I feel like you'll have uh, a really good perspective on maybe – because one of the things I've been struggling with is just where should Justin Fields land right. if that's the road they go down. So I don't know if we want to talk through some situations. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm like New England at three. No. No. I mean, I, I can't imagine they would be influenced to do it's, it. When instead they, of taking a – I mean, if they view Justin as, like, decidedly better than whoever they think the third quarterback prospect is, actually the second quarterback prospect. Because you, let's just say no, – I'm just making this up. Let's say New England's board sacks up, uh, you know, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. All right? But if they feel like the only one out of those three that, like, is a no-doubt-about-it player is Caleb Williams, maybe. But I don't think Justin has done enough in three years to definitively say, based off what I've seen from those three guys, that, like – 
that door you could go through with Justin, I'm sorry, with, with Jaden or Caleb or Drake is a lesser path than what you have with Justin Fields. So I think we're talking more about the teams that are not in the top three, but also don't know if you can justify taking a quarterback at pick eight if you're Atlanta, pick 12 if you're Denver, uh, you know, pick 13 if you're the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders obviously an interesting one because of the Luke Getty connection. It either means that the Raiders are going to be extremely interested in the trade mm -hmm. or completely turned off by a trade, right? Like there's no, I don't think Luke Getty would go to Tom Telesco, their new GM, be like, yeah, it'd be, it'd be okay. He'd either be like, Absolutely, let's do it. Or he'd say, no way. Like, I think the problem last year was not me. It was actually Justin, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I'm not yeah. going to put words in Luke's mouth. I'm just saying, like, his stance on Justin's probably pretty strong one way or the other. So well, let's go down that road just for a second. Yep. Because everyone likes to have the argument, like the Belichick-Brady, yeah. who was more important? From your, from your one of the dumber arguments, right, that we <laughs> waste time on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think it's interesting when you go down to the – maybe I'm just a dumb person, which is completely on the table. But, like, I look at it like it's always the player, man. Like, the player is going to drive what the coach wants to do here. But then it's also like, well, you, people in Chicago want to blame Luke Getze for what happened to Justin. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, like, splice, slice, slice the pie up, you know, the quarterback's the most – most influential position in all of sports, but like Patriots scored three offensive touchdowns during their first Super Bowl run. Three, and Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe was for, responsible for one of them. So like, you know, it's, it's still a team sport. Their last Super Bowl, they scored one touchdown, right? It was a one-yard rushing yeah, touchdown by Sonny Michel. Yeah. So it's still, hey, listen, Brady is the undisputed GOAT. Belichick to me is the undisputed GOAT in their respective jobs. It's nice when you have two people, that, the peak of their powers working together. Um, yeah, so I think for, for, for the Bears, like, you know, to bring this back to the Justin conversation, is that like, I do generally feel as though three years isn't enough of an evaluation, even though only two of them have been under the current leadership, right? Like, there's enough that you were able to see in year one, if you're Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, even though you weren't actually in the building, to know, like, all right, at some point you have to be able to make a decision and plant your own flag. And, by the way, uh, they don't pay GMs and head coaches to make the easy decisions. They pay them to make the difficult decisions. This is a difficult one. It's a good one to have because you might, might, end up drafting an absolute star with that number one overall pick if you go quarterback. But if you move off from Justin, even if imperfect, if the guy you're replacing with busts, then people are going to look at that as a referendum on you. So yep. it's a complicated one. I land, again, to reiterate, I land on the do your best to get a you know as much of a package for Justin as you can, and then you end up with... I think Caleb Williams at number one overall, um, or whoever you evaluate as the best prospect there. But uh, it's it's not without risk. I mean, it obviously has significant reward potential as well, but it is not without risk. So, Phil, I mean, we, we've been talking about it. Like, we have three years of work with Justin, yep. and we still don't even know exactly where he is as a prospect, where how much he can grow. So for teams that maybe are interested in trading, you have to think about the contract. You have to think about what's the, still the upside. So what is the, the reason that teams are going to make that gamble on, on a guy like that? There's still, there's still unknowns with him. So a couple of things. First of all, supply and demand is always going to factor into the quarterback sure. market. So if you're the Raiders at 13, and it seems clear that Jimmy Garoppolo is not part of the picture, right? And beyond that, Aiden O'Connell, I don't think, is a guy that you can make a deep playoff, maybe, maybe even a playoff push with, right? Like I think he's sort of below the quarterback Mendoza line. Uh, at pick 13, though, are you willing to roll the dice on a rookie quarterback? So there's the supply and demand issue. Like, not ever, there's only one Kirk Cousins and only one Baker Mayfield to sign in free agency this offseason. After those two, like, the list is fairly uninspiring. Moreover, and this is the thing that I think we talk about way too infrequently, but is way too prominent. There are various coaches and GMs around the league that know that if I don't win this year, I'm gone. 
And so, is it desperate? Perhaps. Is it necessary? Yes, also. So, like, if you're sitting there and you're like, the Raiders are a bad example because they just hired a new head coach and a new general manager, but if you're a team out there where you're coming off of a disappointing season and you're worried that the quarterback could be the spot that prevents you from winning next year and you see an upgrade, even if the upgrade is relatively nominal, you might say, you know what, i got to keep my job and I'm going to make this trade because I think I have an improved chance of winning and that improved chance of winning could be me sticking around for the next five years, two years, three, whatever, but it's better than the possibility of feeling like you have no lifeline in 2024 and then being a free agent, so to speak, as a coach or a GM at the beginning of 2025. Well, and therein lies the bad organization. If you're just if you're if your guys are in a position where they're making decisions to save their job yeah. versus the long term, Let or me even ask you a question. Yeah. If you're the New York Giants right now, there was some speculation, and I don't think it ever, obviously it never materialized, and I don't know how close it was or wasn't, but uh, you come off of a great first year with Brian Dayball as your head coach, Joe Shane as your GM, then you have a big step back. You've got Daniel Jones with an ACL tear and two neck injuries on the ledger, and he's got a massive contract guarantee for this year. You're not going to be able to totally rid yourself of that. But if you're uncertain about him, and you feel like there's a chance that if things don't go well this year, what is our like? What does our future look like? Are you motivated to stand pat and just like do nothing at the quarterback spot and just say we got to find a way to build around that? Or what's your mindset? Isn't that just one team? And there yeah. are others that fit into that category. Don't Definitely. you have to act more urgently? I think so. I think there's a no lot doubt. of teams like that. Um, you know, I, not exactly the same thing because I don't think the urgency, you know, from a, being on the hot seat standpoint, is quite the same. But even in the same division of the Bears. The Vikings are interesting to me. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, what what are they going to do? Um, they just bring Kirk back, or My, at some point, do they got to make a move for a younger guy? And they see Justin up close twice a year. What do they think about? Him? Yeah, I would be surprised if Minnesota does not desperately want Kirk back. But it takes two to tango. Kirk is an outstanding businessman. He obviously yeah. has done very well in the free agency market in the past, and he is at the uh, career juncture where he may say, you know, something to me. I think we got a peek behind the curtain during that quarterback show on Netflix that, like, Minnesota means a lot to him. It's yeah. very much home for him. Yeah. He might say, you know, I can get two years, 45 million bucks a year to go somewhere else, or I could do two for 40 a year in Minnesota and not upset the apple cart, so to speak, in terms of life. Uh, but is there an obvious, like, easy decision to make? No, there isn't. That's just a way that, again, these are why the GMs are making a lot of money to make these decisions. If you don't have Kirk Cousins, though, rock in a hard place. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. they're too far down the draft board to take a first-round quarterback without any – I mean, number 11, like, you're not getting one of those first three. So if you're not taking one of those first three, are you sure that J.J. Uh, McCarthy isn't decided to upgrade over Kirk Cousins? Or are you saying, hey, we're taking J.J. and we're kind of taking a step back here and acknowledging that we're kind of at this, like – Crossroads is too strong of a characterization, but we're at this different juncture of our organization than you would have thought two years ago when we went, whatever it was, 13-4, and four, made the playoffs, won the division. Let's just say, for argument's sake, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl 24-10. Yeah. to 10. Yeah. Brock Purdy the quarterback of the Niners next year? I think so, um, but... Yeah. God, it's going to make for some great debate on television, huh? Right, right. It's, it's, Especially I mean, depending on you know I mean, the context of the game too, I mean, yeah. and what happens. And especially now, in the fourth quarter. The hard part for them, mm -hmm. and it's, it's a good problem to have, is that you know they're obviously so stacked with, with talent that uh, you know the resources. Like you only have, I, I can't remember who first made this comment. It might have been, might have been Mike Mayock when he was a Raiders GM, and he was talking about 
I think preceding uh, the, uh, the the Cleo Mack trade to Chicago, mm -hmm. talking about how like you can only have like, you know one maybe two quarterback contracts on the books, right? The 49ers don't have a starting quarterback contract on the books, but Trent Williams, top of left tackle market. Debo Samuel, top of the wide receiver market, yep. close to it. Nick Bosa, top of the DN market. And Fred Warner, top of the linebacker market, right? They've got a lot of guys. George Kittle, yeah. George Kittle, top of the tight end market. And you've got guys that are coming around the corner who are going to be extension eligible soon. Christian McCaffrey, Widener back, et cetera. Um, that you kind of have to say to yourself, like, if things go poorly on Sunday, and if we feel like there is a quarterback upgrade that we can attain, it's not like, all right, we can just go get Kirk Cousins and everything's hunky-dory. It's all right, we're adding Kirk Cousins. And by the way, in the process of that, we might have to cut one or two of those guys. Or we can't keep a Brandon Ayuk or whatever it might be. So um, there's only so many resources available. And my, I can't help. My, my, my mind wanders sometimes just picturing Justin Fields on the 49ers mm -hmm. and what the hell that would look like with the, just all that help. That I, I don't jam. think that would ever happen. But I'm just like, sometimes that's just where my mind wanders. I, I will say this. And the Justin thing, you got to sort of untangle that web one way or the other. But it's easy. When, listen, this, this is one of the things. Like when you're not in a specific market covering a single team for most of your time, it's easier to say these kind mm -hmm. of things. But... The Bears actually are relatively flush with optionality here, right? Like, how many bad contracts are on the books right now? Not not too many, right? Like, yeah. maybe one or two, right? That you're like, I mean, not even bad contracts, but contracts that, like, you'd want to manipulate a tiny bit. They have, I don't yeah. think, any money that's been kicked down the road. I don't think they have a single... They're as clean as you can find right now in the as NFL. As clean as you could be yeah. from a salary cap perspective, from a draft capital perspective, and from, like, a nice blend of young, non extension eligible guys like they've hit on some draft picks of late and most of the guys that are being paid a lot of money it's like yeah dj moore's worth 19 million bucks a year montez sweats worth 24 million bucks a year so um they, they just got to get over that hump which i think is definitely attainable with a good offseason but relative to some other teams like uh, maybe minnesota finishes with a better record next year but like minnesota's complicated right now. those are complicated things you got to figure out that are a little bit less complicated than Chicago right now. You, you do when you're in Mobile, you go barbecue or seafood. Uh, seafood. Yeah, me too. But which is weird because I live on the East Coast, Northeast. Like yeah. I grew up in Massachusetts. Like seafood is everything there. But still, like seafood. It's I'd different. Stick down to what there. you know, though. It's different. Right? You get, yeah, you get different yeah. kind of seafood. You can go sure. crawfish instead of lobster. Yeah, they had some catfish around here yesterday that Ooh, I almost yeah, just right still there. there. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know Las Vegas, but catfish I was going to say catfish in the desert. I don't know about that one. Not so sure. And maybe the worst piece of sushi I've ever had last night at the media party. <laughs> I had. I, I never spit out food, but that happened. I, I just wanted like through history. When I was, I don't know if I ever mentioned to you, I used to Kansas work in Kansas City. City. Baby. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Carb, I think you might have been the first person to have me on your radio show. When we started the meteoric rise uh i'm just saying i saw it happening like yeah. like the first time i was like that's the smoothest talking dude of all time he's gonna be on espn in five seconds and carrington harrison and nick that's right Wright and everybody else was like let's get field i'm like i'm like field's gonna be gone in five seconds this guy's too good and he was <laughs> well you know i take a lot of pride in it. it's just cool and I, I i certainly five out of five here but it was really cool it's like been fun to see that uh, i call it the rookie class when i was hired in kansas city ryan poles we all, all got hired, like, you know, relatively within, like, a month or two of each other. Ryan Poles, Mike Borgonzi, who's still with the Chiefs, the assistant GM, 
Nick Sirianni, of course, Eagles yeah. head coach. Uh, Brant Tillis, who is now the new EVP of the uh, Panthers. So him and Dan Morgan are kind of running the show there. So uh, a lot of people that uh, like this, to see those guys all crushing, it's pretty cool. That is yeah, awesome. That yeah. is awesome. That's awesome. Great. You have those yeah. connections too, man. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you guys. Phil, yeah. always love talking with you. Right back to you all. I think I've hit like two out of the, maybe three of the, the various All-City Network shows. Let's go. Dude, you know what's killing me, though? Freaking Bean and Blackburn, yes. who are my buddies from like 15 years in Boston, won't let me on their show. Wow. No chaos. I, I am all chaos. I wow. want to go there and bring some chaos. I might just crash the show one day. I, I was about to say, like, it. you haven't done the hockey show, but you, you you really should be on that show. You guys have seen the video I've seen from a couple nights ago. That was a big video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. God, yeah. those guys. Don't. Don't let them see this clip from me telling them they're really funny and talented and <laughs> handsome and yeah, all those things. So, I know, I know. Don't let them hear that. Thanks, Field. Good to see you guys. Yeah, well. Man. There there All righty. Field Yates. And, um, Mock Draft 1.0 drops next Wednesday. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Bears taking a kicker. A kicker? <laughs> Not true. No. Punter? Yeah. Unless there's a really is, – like, is there a Justin Tucker out there? Hey, Torrey Taylor, number Torrey one. Taylor? I, would, I, would, I would make the argument. He was dropping bombs. Yes. Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> so good. He's just really good. The gap between him and the next best punter is definitely the biggest gap between any player and the next best player at his position. Field knows. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, you're right. Yeah. 100%. That's yeah. a good way to think about it. All right. All right, guys. Uh, be well. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, Field. All right. There he is, Field Yates from ESPN. Uh, great stuff with him. We, uh, we're going to keep it rolling with Tom Pelissero now. Uh, Tom Pelissero, who I mentioned, kind of bringing this back to the Shane Waldron conversation. Hey, Field, you better drop Roma Dunze to nine, all right? I'm warning you. <laughs> I'm warning you. Final warning. That's amazing. Well, that's how it works, though, by the way. Don't put him there. We want him. Please. We, we'll hey, this ain't they just, would, this show just isn't a Caleb propaganda machine. We are trying to push Roma Dunze down to nine. He was over there earlier. I'm hawking him to come on the show. Might be a recorded thing, but we are going to do everything we can to get him to nine. He may or may not have said, I won't mind if the Bears trade up either. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. He knows, he knows. the higher he goes, yeah, the yeah. more he gets. Because we, we want him to get his yeah. value, but we also want him on the Bears. So Big, yeah. big shooters around everywhere. We're, we're efforting. Uh, I won't even say the names because I guess it's pointless because we'll, either we'll get We're em. getting everybody. Okay. <laughs> because you're threatening them. Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. I'm going to start threatening people. We, we got it. Wait, no, start. You've been doing it already for like three days. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tom Pellicero, we talked to him earlier. You definitely threatened him to come on the show, it sounds like. Yes, I definitely we, did. We actually let you talk to him, too. Ross Tucker's right there. Yeah, we'll, that was we'll a mistake. <laughs> Focus, Carm. Okay, fine. I'm focused. Pellicero, <laughs> now. Bears. Go. Lawrence. All right, we found someone who's better dressed than Greg was yesterday. <laughs> Tom Pelissero with us. Tom, uh, you've had a busy month, the coaching cycle and everything, a lot of, a lot of news that's been broken. Um, just what was your takeaway from all the moves the Bears made and didn't make, obviously, because they didn't change head coaches, but the coaching turnover on the offensive side of the ball? Well, I think that as they got later in the season, they started winning games down the stretch, especially after the trade deadline. The defense played a whole lot better. They were able to, you know, put string together some wins. They won games in the division. And so whatever opinions might have existed prior to that second half of the season, I think it got to a point where you see the arrow pointing up on the overall operation. How do we get even better? So they went through an extensive evaluation process 
process over several days. They came to the conclusion and the change of offensive coordinator was the direction that they were going to go, which makes sense because Matt Eberflus calls the defense. He's not going to fire himself out of that. And so, you know, you look to the offensive side of the ball. To me, moving on from Getze, who, listen, had a lot of challenges in Chicago, personnel and otherwise, played a bunch of games with a Division II undrafted quarterback this year and won some of them. Um, it, it was not an easy task. And Justin Fields, you saw flashes, but you also saw inconsistency. To me, bringing in a Shane Waldron, who comes from that style of offense, it's the McVay-Shanahan tree, I think that that suggests, again, not saying anything's final, but that would suggest to me that they are making way for a quarterback change. Because Caleb Williams ideally would like to play in a certain style of offense that takes some of the pressure off. He's an unbelievable athlete. Depending who you talk to, you know, this is a generational type of talent. It's hard. Because even though the Bears have had the number one pick two years in a row, they traded it last year, you don't want to be drafting there often. If you're going to get that quarterback, it's a really unique opportunity. Again, not saying anything's final, not saying anything is decided. But to me, their moves externally would suggest that they're preparing for Caleb Williams to be there. So it's interesting the way you phrased it because that's how I'm looking. Like everyone thinks logically that's what they're going to do. But with your context, are you hearing anything but behind the scenes that people are like, like there's a lean from inside or is it just more the logic of the NFL people saying like you shouldn't do this again as far as passing on a quarterback when you're at that, port, at that point in the draft? Well, think about this again. So Justin Fields has been up and down. I think that's fair to say through the course of sure. his career. Missed a little bit of time this year. Durability hasn't been a huge concern. But, you know, obviously his play style is unique. He can do some really dynamic things on the field. But in terms of, like, consistency, especially in the passing game, he's, he's not yet found that through the course of his career. He's now entering the fourth year of his rookie contract. So you're either going to pay him or you're going to move on from him. Not necessarily this year, but over the next couple of years. You're going to have a really big decision to make that completely changes the complexion of your salary cap. So, again, to lean back on logic, are you going to pay Justin Fields? Are you going to go and, and draft, draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and put a bunch of pieces around? You could go that route, trade back, let Washington or New England or maybe somebody else fault all the way to the top of the draft, get a windfall of picks, continue building the overall roster. It's just hard to imagine, based on where they're at right now, if they're sitting there going, well, we're going to pay Justin Fields $50 million a year right now. Do they think that maybe new system could unlock him? Certainly possible. But again, I would lean back on the logic of when you make these types of moves, which seem to point the arrow at the unique opportunity to go yes. get that new guy. In that, in that regard, when you talk about the coaching hire, Shane Walder and Thomas Brown, lateral moves, guys that had head coaching you know, interviews and then taking these moves here, I know there's an evaluation process still to take place at the Combine, talking to these guys in person, but they said they want to see what their plan was for both quarterbacks. Do you think at the end of the hiring process, they did give them a more direction of what they're going to do at quarterback? Like, to me, it's hard for me to believe that they don't at least have an idea of the direction they're going to go. You're talking about the coaching set? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that they've got a, a pretty good idea of what is going to be asked of them. But I think that also, like, you're, you're installing systems. You're installing processes as much as anything else here. Yeah, you're going to gear it around the players that you have. But, I mean, Shane Waldron over the last couple of years, I mean, he went into camp two years ago not knowing if it was Geno Smith or Drew Locke as your starter. Two different types of dudes, and the things that they do well uh, are a little bit different here. So, you know, I've known Shane a long time. He, he trained under Belichick. He trained under Sean McVay. He's a really 
normal, humble individual. And we've seen him, you know, with Geno Smith, who was a complete cast-off and his career was essentially over, goes there, sits for a while, but then gets his opportunity and played really well at various points in the season. Now give Shane Waldron potentially the number one overall pick and see what he can go and do with him. Again, I'm not saying Justin Fields has played his last game as a Bear. We're still here on, what, February 6th, 7th, somewhere? Sure. Super Bowl week. We got two and a half months out to the draft. We also know this. Ryan Poles made the move last year to move the number one pick very early in the process. He wanted to do that prior to free agency because then he would know what he needed to accomplish in free agency and have some certainty there. I would think he would like to get certain things resolved sooner than later. And maybe around that time you actually get to spend some time with Caleb Williams. Might be that time. Tom, it's a time-honored tradition in Chicago to argue about whether it's the O.C.'s fault or the quarterback's fault. Um, so naturally, the fans were not pleased with Luke Getze this year. Uh, I always say how many fan bases actually like their offensive coordinator? Like you're the, winning, like three you're or not four. winning none. Yeah. Um, that being said, so I, it seemed like the view of Luke Getze, you know, outside Chicago, with the amount of interviews he got, was probably different than maybe how the fans were looking at him after this season in Chicago, at least. What kind of sense did you get for the interest for Luke Getze and how he's viewed, you know, more nationally within the league? And then, of course, he landed here in Vegas. Well, Luke's well, well regarded. You know, he was very close with Aaron Rodgers during their time together in Green Bay. I think the people look within the challenges that he had last year. I mean, I talked to Antonio Pierce yesterday, and he was saying one of the things with Getze is like, they came in and kicked, I'm going to clean up for you, kicked yeah. the crap out of us in that game. And I'm like, didn't they start Tyson Bajan? He's like, yeah. And they went up and down the field on us. And I went, okay. So you see things like that. And that was, I believe, at the end of the, the Josh McDaniels era. That was one of the games that kind of tilted things where Antonio Pierce took over here. But you see that, what he's doing with a Division II undrafted guy whose skill set's different than Justin Fields. And you're going, okay, let's play with a different style of quarterback and maybe this is going to fit more. There's always going to be criticism about how much you're adapting your scheme to the players that you have because ultimately it's a player's league. You need to, you need to gear things around what the player does best. But you're also thinking, okay, if we're going to have Justin Fields and just run zone read every snap and 15 to 20 times a game because he is a dynamic athlete and he can make things happen in space, he's also going to get hit. He's going to get beat up. That's not a sustainable thing. So what Luke Getzey tried to do was teach him those other things, get him to play under center, get him to play a little bit more for the pocket, not take away those other things. You're trying to develop this other part of his game. That part was a battle. And again, we saw Justin Fields have really good games. The game out in Washington, like you looked at him, he throws that touchdown in the back of the end zone, you're like, okay, like this guy can do it. But then you see the next week and it's not the same and that's that's the up and downs that you're talking about here it's hard to pay that guy though I, I will say this and, you know because I'm not in any way bashing Justin Fields if he becomes available there will be a market for Justin Fields I believe that there's too many teams that don't have a guy and there's enough coaches out there that look at other quarterbacks who maybe aren't polished passers but are really dynamic playmakers and have found ways to make it work first round pick market I was going to say is there any path where because I'm, I'm with you like you just see how many teams are desperate for quarterbacks is there right now it seems like everybody's thinking second round pick is there any chance teams get desperate and ends up being somewhere in the first round I mean Carson Wentz if it was that two or three years ago in Indy they had like publicly moved on from him it was done and then the commanders or whatever they were called at that time panicked and traded I want to say it was like two threes or a three that could become a two and a three and that was a guy who was done he was making 28 million dollars Justin Fields is still on a rookie contract you're going to make a decision on the fifth year option you trade for him you pick that up do you not? That'd be a decision here. I mean, that, that's part of it is how do you look at the contract? Do you look at it as he's under contract for two more years? Do you look at it as he's under contract really for one more year at a lower number? But even if it's a one-year flyer, it's $6 million for Justin Fields for one year. Well, that's the thing. But yeah. if you're thinking it's a one-year deal 
it's a one-year flyer, you're probably going to be more reluctant to give up, you know, a higher pick. We, trades are weird now, man. Like, there's there's really good players who get you know traded for conditional sevens because of the money. With Fields, it's not a great deal of money, but the money is fully guaranteed. So, are you thinking he's our? Is he competing to start? Is he a really good backup? Is he potentially the quarterback of the future? Do we pick up that option? So we've got him for two years and let's call it 30, 35 million. Those are all the things you'd have to have to evaluate here. But again, I, on the plane from Mobile, I went through the entire list of every team. And you would easily come up with 15 to 20 teams here. Like, I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Like, really, and I don't think they know because there's so many different moving parts. Did you did you have any type of injury from wrestling, Tyson Bages? Dad? I mean, I'll tell you this, my elbow, like from my arm, from my elbow to my hand for about five minutes was numb after. I was like, ooh, this is, this can be very bad. But it torn your UCL. It came back, it came yeah. back, yeah. It was like the day after, that week after Brock Purdy had torn his UCL in the game. And I was like, man, this is what it, this is what it feels like. Me and Bajan's dad think he's going to the Hall of Fame. I love Bajan, but go to Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury joins the Washington Commanders. Magic Johnson, obviously, is a guy that takes big swings with his days with the Lakers. How big a swing do you think he's going to try to get, take to get Caleb Williams? Well, I think Magic is certainly involved, but it's you know it's Josh Harris and it's Adam Peters and it's Dan Quinn, and I mean there's no question. Again, like we're still pretty early in the quarterback evaluation process here. Like I don't think Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. He's probably watched one second of Caleb Williams tape, or at least hadn't until you know the past couple of weeks he was preparing for job interviews. So they got they got to go through that entire process. Again, we'll see. Like there's weird things that happen. I mean, go back to to like use this game as an example, 2017 draft, and there was serious debate between. Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, and Sean Watson. And it was not unanimous from team to team, but a lot of people, Bears are not alone, it was not just Ryan Pace, a lot of people believed Mitch Trubisky, they had him as the top quarterback just because he was the safest. You've seen him in a pro-style offense. He had the size, he had the big arm. You know, and then you kind of learned over time, unless you were booting him out to the right, Mitch kind of struggled to play at a consistent level. So, you know, again, we can all sit here and go, well, Caleb Williams is clearly the guy. Listen, he probably is, but Drake May, Jaden Daniels, they're going to have fans. Mike Penix is going to have fans. J.J. McCarthy is going to have fans. Let's see where we're really at here, because even though you can say, well, it's only one spot from two to one, if one becomes available, everyone is going to be called. And so even moving up from two to one, you're talking about significant assets. Any validity to a lot of the different rumors surrounding Caleb or even his relationship with his dad as far as, you know, trying to force not being in Chicago or equity in teams. You can, and try, you can try anything. The equity thing is um, not really allowed. <laughs> it's a very, we would require uh, probably some lawsuits and things like that. Um, but no, I mean, listen, they're in a unique position where they know everybody wants. We've seen it a couple of times in NFL history. You know, I mean, John Elway, that's so long ago, that doesn't really come. Like Eli Manning was the last one where you really saw somebody engineer something to you know, get themselves out. Caleb doesn't have an agent. Normally this be the agent's job to try to shape the environment and get a guy to a certain place here. Caleb's in a you know a power position, but ultimately, if the Bears decide we don't care, he's going to be a Bear. You can draft him and just say you're coming here, regardless of how he feels. And I'm not saying he doesn't want to come to Chicago. What I'm saying is, even if you find that out or he press that, you still can draft him and just say, okay, you can sit out a year and not get paid, and then go back in the draft. Like good luck, but we're going to do this. There's a lot, a long way to go before we get to that. You haven't heard any inclinations that he wouldn't want to come to Chicago, from what you heard. I would just say it's very early in this entire process. And so we're still gathering a lot of information. Caleb's gathering information. The teams are gathering. 
gathering information, and that's just kind of how this process goes. Tom, thank you very much. I, I was harassing you the last few days here on Media Row, so I appreciate you spending a lot of time Good, with good, us. Very good lesson, harassing works. Yes. <laughs> Closed mouths don't eat. Uh, we'll tell you her at the point you said that he wants He's to available. He really wants yes. to come yeah, on. I think he does. All right, great stuff with Tom Pelissero. A little bit more context, I think, on Shane Waldron as well. Obviously, Tom has been breaking pretty much every coaching story that's mm -hmm. existed the last month. So uh, we thank him for making us all look very poorly dressed. He's got great hair. He's, I mean, I've never looked into Tom Pelissero's eyes like that, and, and I don't think <laughs> I'm ever going to forget looking into Tom Pelissero's eyes like that. It was it was so, and he was so nice and blue. And I honestly, for so someone, nice and blue, his 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 his, his, his suit, his, his suit. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice suit. I, I, could, I, I appreciate a good suit. We don't really wear them here mm -hmm. at All City. So I have like three. I did bring out one of the jackets last night, though. Last night, yeah. First time I've been sharp. I mean, I didn't bring a coat. I didn't bring a collared shirt. And uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking that I probably made a mistake with that. But that's how it is. To I give you an idea of uh, this might be a little morbid, but it's a man I love and miss dearly. But to give you an idea of the last time I wore that jacket, I reached into the pocket when I put it on. And the mask card from John Moon Mullen's funeral was in there. Wow. Hashtag Moon. Miss you, I Moon. I love Moon. Yeah. The, moon was the best. Um, no, I just, with, with Tom, you know, lo logical information. But again, and I asked him that in there, everyone is saying that it looks like the Bears are going to do this. But no one is getting that from the Bears. It's just a lot. No, the Bears are locked. Also, I don't, I keep saying this, I don't think the Bears are 100. They're probably leaning one way. But they haven't talked to Caleb. Right. So for those of you. They haven't met with him at the combine. They haven't worked him out. They haven't. You know, had conversations. I'm sure at some point, like a, a Carl Williams conversation happens too. Like we're, we all want this to conclude, but it's February 7th, man. We got a long ways to go. There's yes. no benefit of coming to a, a complete answer yeah. right then and now. You want to do your? Re That's what the Bears do. They're going to do their diligence, research it, now, and look into it. That said, we are about a month away from the point where the trade was made last year. So once we get to the combine a couple weeks from now, boom, it, it's going to come quick. Yep. But it's not there yet. And one more thing about Pelissero. That guy's doing a 1,000 interviews. He's right in there, there right now. He's oh, right literally there. right now. He's literally, literally right, right there right now. He, he gave, that was 9 o'clock in the morning today when we taped with him. He gave great freaking energy. Yeah. And I just he didn't, you know, he's on a big-ass platform. Not that we're not a huge platform, too. Thank you very much. But We're the uh, biggest he, platform. We're the biggest platform. But he, yeah. he, I, I, I just appreciate it. Take that, it. Pat. McAfee over there. Yeah, McAfee. Yeah. What are you yeah, doing? You got nothing going on here. here. Anything? 100 you probably. million listeners per show. Yeah, whatever. All right, it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. That's right, Mark. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, Comet can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business owners do, Nick? They can go to comad.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comad.com slash clean. Did you say comad.com slash clean? I sure did, Marco. Now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. God. Comet.com slash clean. Thank you to our friends at Comet. One gentleman who has a big future for generations to come. Already a pretty good present, too. Uh, 
Kevin Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Kevin Clark. Kevin Clark, another uh, friend around here that I, I like to see at, at these, at these uh, events. Um, always has a great perspective on football conversation. So we were going to br- bring you Brian Billick, which we also recorded Brian Billick, who, you know, owns a Super Bowl. Should we get Brendan Rice? Re- yeah, we should probably Jerry talk Rice's to son? Jerry Rice's son, who was at the Senior Bowl last week. USC. We, we can figure that out at some point. Um, but we're going to pivot here a little bit. We'll probably bring Brian to you tomorrow or something like that. Mm-hmm. Instead, let's. we had a t- conversation with Kevin Clark this week, and I think uh, we'll, we'll bring that to you right now instead. So here's Kevin Clark from uh, Omaha Productions. He works for the Manning Brothers. How about that? It's dope. Big shooter. All right, we got Kevin Clark here. He's always the best dressed on Radio Row every I try. single year. I try. Uh, he hosts a great show called This Is Football for Omaha Productions. What's it like working for the Manning? It's amazing because we have the smartest like, quarterback thinker maybe who's ever existed yeah, on staff. Probably. And so we can just get him on for like 30 minutes at the beginning of the playoffs and like, hey, who's good at quarterback? And usually he has the right answers. So I mean, like, he's a great boss. He's like super communicative. Like everybody loves him. Good culture. Like he's as good as a media mogul as he was as a quarterback. So I'm, I'm in. So every like two or three years, whenever the Bears like fire everybody and then start over, there's always Bears fans that are like, whoa, just hire Peyton Manning. Because like for the reasons you just said, like he could solve the Bears quarterback problem. It it, it seems simple. Uh, Peyton has a great life, and running the Bears does not necessarily seem like the greatest life uh, possible. And I think Peyton is in the running right now for, like, elite, like, can play golf on everyone, can do the Manning cast, can host whatever he wants to do, Peyton's places. He can, if he wanted to get involved in football, he can call up his buddies, have some influence or whatever. But day-to-day doing the Kevin Warren thing, I'm not yeah. sure that's 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 replacing what he does now. Yeah, but so the, the Bears needs – I'm looking to upgrade here, Kevin. You okay. – you, 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 you always think outside the box. Sure. You, you, you've got creative ideas. What, what, if we put you in charge, number one pick, is it as easy as you take Caleb? Or do you do something a little more creative? Like, where, where, what, what would you do? I think the biggest problem is you already fleeced the most desperate team in football, and that was the Carolina Panthers. So, what do you do? A, you, you can't call the Panthers again. You can't call David Tepper yeah. and say, hey, you got any more first round picks? It's over. You got them all. Yeah, um, is there a desperate team? I think the commanders getting to two hurt the leverage. Maybe the Bears would have if they wanted to auction off the pick. I just don't know who would go out and say, hey, we're going to sell the farm for this team because we, we want to build around it. I, I don't know. Um, I would take Caleb Williams and, and call it a day. I think it's an easy choice. See what you can get for Justin Fields. Um, I think Fields has done a lot to improve his game. Um, I think he didn't get a fair shake. I didn't love the play calling. I felt like, and, and this is something I've shared, I think, with, with you guys in the past, I felt like he had a skill set that you should want to coach him. You should want to be able to figure out what he does well and accentuate it. I felt like the infrastructure there didn't really get that until it was too late. I think he's a, a bounce back candidate in a huge way. I think that we might see almost like a Tua Tagovailoa thing at some point in his career, but I don't want to wait around for that. I don't want to wait around for that. I don't want to keep getting the infrastructure right until it clicks. Um, and I, as much as I love him, I would take Caleb Williams and, and just, just go from there, start a new era, see what we can get for fields. But uh, that, I, I think it's a pretty easy pick. Is there a spot right now in the league that you feel like would be a good fit for Justin Fields to bring out those things you were just talking about? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, just 
thinking there's a bunch of them. Atlanta, obviously, is, is a place where they've got skill guys, which is you know something that, that, that he could do well with. Um, they've got a, a head coach in Raheem Morris who I really, I really like. Shanahan system on the offensive side of the ball. Um, that, to me, feels like natural landing spot for him. Obviously, he's got the, the Georgia connection. I think that'd be great. Um, but I also think that you know, the thing with Tua, not that they're the same player by any means, but like the one thing that Mike Daniel said about Tua is that he just needed somebody who believed in him. Yeah, and so sure. it's not about is he from Georgia. It's not about is Kyle Pitts there, is B. John Robinson there. To me, it's about what offensive head coach is going to say, I believe in this guy, I can build a scheme around him. And I think that's something that's it's more or less unknowable. At this point. Bill Belichick doesn't have a job in the NFL right now because... Owners are scared. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is that, and I was just on DC radio a couple of hours ago, and they were saying they were really worried. They wanted to be the Adam Peters show, who's the, who's the GM there in, in Washington. And I said, well, ask Bill if he's okay with it being the Adam Peters show. And, and if he is, he's the, he's the best coach of all time. He's not the best GM of all time. I think you sit Bill Belichick down and you say, this is the role we have. This is the job. It's not to be the GM. It's not to bring in all your buddies and scouting and Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. It's to coach these 53 guys that are going to be handed and maximize the roster because he still has good game plans just that he was so bad at building the team over the past few years that he couldn't win with those guys and the quarterback, quarterback position had completely devolved and part of that was his fault with the way he mishandled Mac Jones, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, all of these guys. It was a problem. But I'd much rather have Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel than Dan Quinn. Um, I think that the implication around the league was that even if Belichick says now he doesn't want to be the GM, he doesn't want to, like, they're worried he might do a power play or something like that. I just think that's owners not being confident enough. You go out and you get Bill Belichick because he's the best coach that we've ever seen. We know the defensive game plans are going to be good. Even if you say it's Tom Brady, read any of the stuff about Tom Brady's development. So much of it was Bill Belichick closing the door with Tom Brady and teaching him the rules of a specific defense. I mean, I, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach weren't even invited to that thing. Um, that was just Brady and Belichick talking about offensive and defensive football at a graduate level. That can only help a young quarterback. That can only help a quarterback who's not established yet. And so it ended poorly in New England, but I just, I don't, I'm baffled as to why Pete Carroll, I mean, Frank, Frank, I'd call him Nick Saban. I mean, you know, I just, just see, just make him say no. Um, but, but, uh, Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick, the fact they don't have jobs shows, I think, holes in how owners think. I agree. Is there one hire that stood out to you as the best one? Mike McDonald in Seattle. Even though he's a defensive head coach, um, and I think that the trend is for offensive head coaches for a bunch of different reasons, I think he gets modern football. And I think he's going to understand. I think the, the best selling point for a defensive head coach is to an offensive coordinator saying, like Todd Bowles in Tampa this year with Dave Canales, where you say, you get this side of the ball. It's the most glamorous side of the ball in football. It's the most important position in sports. He's coaching the quarterback. You have control over that. You're going to get all the credit if there's a good offensive season, okay? That should be a huge selling point. That's why I was disappointed in the Dan Quinn Cliff Kingsbury thing. You want the next Dave Canales. You want the next Bobby Slowick, who was a candidate um, this year because of his work with C.J. Stroud. You want those guys, and Mike McDonald was going to 
going to be a recruiting infrastructure where the roster is going to be good, working with John Schneider, that defense is going to be badass. Those those schemes and those players are just almost a perfect fit. And then on the offensive side of the ball, he's going to be smart enough to have a conveyor belt of smart OCs to where it always makes sense. So it's interesting because like that's essentially what the Bears have. Yeah. And they tried it with Getze. This Here's Justin Fields. Like, make it work. And then it didn't. Now he's here in Vegas with the Raiders. Now they're going to start it over with Shane Waldron. I'm always curious because, like, we're sometimes too close to the situation, honestly. What's your view? Like, what's the national view of, like, what's going on in Chicago? What, what's been working with his new coaching staff? What do you think about Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, all that? Like, how are the Bears viewed right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I know how respected Poles was coming from Kansas City. Um, that's not in question. I still believe in his ability to, to build a team, and, and you've seen some of the draft pick hits and some of the development and some of the guys who are even coming due for contracts. Everything, with the exception of the Chase Claypool thing, has generally made sense. Um, Eberflus, I think we're still in, in, in wait and see mode. Um, I, I, I saw arguments for bringing him back and not bringing him back. I understand the stability part of it, um, but I also think that at some point you need to prove that you can maximize the roster, maximize the quarterback, um, make a push for the playoffs in, in a real meaningful sense, um, or that they're going to upgrade. I think with the coaching market this year, if I was Kevin Warren, I would have made a couple of calls and just said, hey, do you want, I mean, you're never going to get a better crop of free agent coaches. I would have at least made a call to a couple of these guys and said, how, how, would, you, how would you like to, to, to be in a beautiful house hall? Um, I don't think he did that. I think that they decided to stay the course on that. The Getsy thing never made... I never saw a game where I was like, Luke Getze is the guy at OC. I never saw it. Um, I wouldn't have brought him back this year um, just because I just don't think it was working with Fields, which, again, as I was saying, I just felt like he had a skill set to where there would be guys who feel more excited to work with him than Luke Getze was. In my opinion, just from a play-calling standpoint, it just felt like there were better fits. And so I was a little bleh on that. Um, but this can still work. And, and the Caleb Williams thing, so many times we, we say – Great quarterbacks are the deodorant of franchises. They just make, they get, they get everybody hired. We get in three years, we could be saying that Caleb Williams got five offensive coaches hired, you know, like Brett Favre with the, with the Packers years ago, where it's like one, one god-tier quarterback changes a franchise. What franchise-changing quarterbacks do is they change franchises. We saw with Joe Burrow. I mean, the Bengals. I, I remember talking to people in Kansas City about this too, where I was making fun of uh, the Chargers actually one day. Yes, I do. And they'll, they'll be good. They're, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. Um, eventually, once they get the sound. Well, they did what everyone in Chicago wanted. And, the Bears to do. and I said, um, I was making fun of them, and I said, oh, they don't spend a lot, whatever. And, and I said, listen, so many of the franchises we consider top tier were, either were exactly like that or are exactly like that. And they don't go above and beyond spending money. They don't, you know, they don't pay. You know, maybe they've cut corners on medical or facilities or whatever. But then one player, one coach just changes everything and either don't notice or it drags them. In, they get embarrassed into becoming that franchise in order to keep that person to extend their force and whatever. I think a lot of times, if you look at Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow changed the Bengals so significantly that Zach Taylor just looks like a stud coach, even though he certainly didn't look like that for his first, what, 40 games or something like that. He had some insanely bad record. Um, we never talked about how the spending stuff, it, it was always a question, the lack of a facility, the lack of, until very recently, even plans for an indoor facility. We then never gets brought up anymore. That's all anybody in Cincinnati talked about for, for years was how, how much Mike Brown didn't want to invest in all that stuff. Joe Burrow changed everything. And so all it takes is Caleb Williams to, be, to hit, and all of these questions 
questions, but the Bears go away. Now you can get different questions. I mean, we saw that with Justin Herbert, you get on a quarterback and that's, are you doing the right things with them? But that's a separate conversation. Franchise changers change franchises. And if Caleb Williams, what we think he is, a lot of these questions will be answered very clearly in very short order. If you could draft right now for the future, top your top four quarterbacks in the game, who are you taking? Oh my God. Uh, Mahomes, um, Mahomes number one. Um, I would still pick Burrow too. Healthy Burrow. Healthy Burrow. Okay. So you're you're rolling the dice on the healthy if you're going there. Yeah. You gonna I, do I it? Just, it's, sure. Sure. Okay. This is no order. Okay. But uh, Mahomes definitely number one. Mahomes, Mahomes part That's is in order. order. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lamar. Is still. I just I just love his. Uh, I mean, he's the MVP. He's a literal MVP. Um, Jeez, I'm just trying to think of I don't want to leave anybody out. I'm not going to put Herbert in there. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm not going to put Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm not going to put Dak in there. Um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go Josh Allen for if I want. If I if I'm building a franchise tomorrow, those are the four. Okay. I feel like Jordan Love is getting in the top ten right now. That fucking guy is <laughs> scaring all right. the shit out I, of me. I, 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 I'm going to say this. Yeah. I love Jordan Love. I love Jordan Love. The one, if he's overrated with one group of fans, it's oh, Bears fans. Okay. Yeah, 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 because okay. they're so scared. We are. Oh, yeah. We are. That's 100%. true. They spent all of December yeah. saying, oh, no, what's happening again? They could have been no. in the championship game. Oh, I, I wrote that. I, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. But there's yeah. just so much uh, scar tissue yeah. where it's they're true. just like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. We, this can't happen. He's top 10, almost out of anger. I think he's on track to do that. But I still think We're you're only out. looking at the second half of the season. I, also, by the way, so much of this is Matt freaking Fleur, who everybody, I wrote a story about Matt Lefleur two years ago. Everybody, I said he was, you know, he understood that locker room. He's player-led. He's got the schemes. People were really impressed at the time with, like, Mike McDaniel and McVay and those guys were really impressed with his ability to win over Aaron Rodgers by taking the Shanahan-McVay scheme and mixing it with the Aaron Rodgers scheme, which is heavily involved in Mike McCarthy. Yeah, people forget it was, like, friction at, at the beginning, and then they figured yes, it all and out. They let, they let him audible a little bit more, which is not something the Shanahan system allows for a lot of. Um, they let him keep a lot of the McCarthy plays, spread the ball out, uh, spread the formation out, use his cadence, all that stuff. So they changed the offense. So I knew he was a really good coach. And when I wrote that piece, I had a lot of Bears fans and Vikings fans saying, hey, man, you're, you know, as soon as Rodgers leaves town, LaFleur is going to be exposed. And no, he's a good coach who, who, who allowed, who developed a quarterback to allow them to there's a reason they got rid of Rodgers when they did. Like, if they'd done it a year early, Love wouldn't have been ready. And, you know, he played that game against Kansas City. It was fine. It was two years ago. It was fine. He couldn't handle some of the pressures. They couldn't get him ready in time. But they timed this perfectly. Where they get rid of Rodgers, get a little bit of, um, of draft capital for him, and Love was ready to go. But I don't think that's about drafting Jordan Love. It's about developing Jordan Love. That's, that's super interesting because a lot of people thought it was, they waited too long. They've done this a while ago. But yeah. you're saying it was perfect timing. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think knowing what I, reading the tea leaves and talking to people, I don't know how great it would have been if Jordan Love were thrown into the fire three years ago, two years ago. So, one of the, his newest dominant ventures is uh, being on Around the Horn, and I think your early record is like ridiculous or something. When I, so. I'm the winningest panelist in history, 40%, okay. but I also don't know like whose record I'm, like it's just, yeah. I, am I, that's the one thing, it's like, uh, it's, like keep it's like EPA per play, whenever I see it, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what's good, what's not, yeah. they keep records. There might, not be, there might not be a greater accomplishment, seriously. I, no, I agree. 
agree. I mean, that's that's, I agree. that's, that's right there. So, I but agree. in Chicago, we're big fans of Courtney Cronin. And, and she, she's tough. She now. seems like she's a tough cookie. Now, let me tell you something that I couldn't do, okay? So, Courtney Cronin last year wins Rookie of the Year and Panelist of the Year. So, it's 2022. In the same year, she was Ichiro. She Ichiroed it. Rookie of the Year and Panelist of the Year in the same year. Never happened before. That's this year. I won Rookie of the Year. Did not win Panelist of the Year. Oh, I finished wow. second. Cronin. I finished second. That, that hurts. So you think about it and yeah. just say, what I'm, if I'm chasing greatness, I didn't quite get there in year one. Your Burrow, she's Mahomes. I mean, do we have to say that? I mean, <laughs> who has to say that? So we can say that, but I just want to look at the camera. There's a lot of money in being Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'm still broke. <laughs> This is football. Check it out. Kevin Clark's the best. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks to yeah. Kevin what Clark. An yeah. What an yeah. interview. That was yeah. great. Yeah. We have never yeah. looked better as we end day three here <laughs> on Radio Row. What? Some nice. Oh, what? look at these hats. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Nogginboss.com. Look at these. What's bigger, Big that hats. hat or your head? <laughs> we finally found a hat that appropriately fits his head. What about Carm's head? I, I have, have a great tiny head, so this, this looks crazy. I mean, I've me. never looked better. I love this hat, and thank you. <laughs> the only hats that can fit Carmen Braggs's head. Look Not at this. They're versatile. We they, they fit over our headsets. This is amazing. I see these on TV all the time. I see people wearing them, and say, and I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. Yeah. Like well, I've been here. wanting one of these hats, and they're, they're hooking us up with one. Yeah, too. I think we get we to bring one back to our studio. We get to take oh. one home. So we'll, I'm, we'll put it in the CHO studio. This is our new rally cap. Okay. Our new <laughs> we'll pick a color and. That That'll be our rally cap when we need the Bears to get How a How about touchdown. in the comments right now? Let us which call, Let us know which color we should mm -hmm. keep. Nogginboss.com. They have 25% off uh, all their products right now with the Super Bowl sale. So go check them out. Nogginboss.com. How about it? Nogginboss. Uh, yeah. uh, one super chat. Well, we have one super chat, which I, we're not going to be able to see, but I know it's a question about somebody wants to interview one of us for a school project, and Nick said he would do it. I got, I got it. You. Darnell Dixon, 999 super chat. Can I get a short interview about working in the sports industry? industry from one of you for an assignment for my intro to sports management class. Darnell, if you up. message yeah. me or Nick or Carm on Instagram, if you message Hogue, he'll ignore you. But the three of us, <laughs> we will respond. Hollywood, you got to pay the price. You got to pay the toll. But if you DM me, uh, maybe I'll just give you Adam's number. For the, re <laughs> yeah, for the record, I don't charge students to uh, be able to interview me. Just, for, just to clarify. For the don't ask me. I didn't go to school. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, if you had Real advice: Don't go to Greg because nobody will yeah. do it the way he's done it. But all right, we gotta happy. go. We gotta get out of here. Thank you to. Let's see if I can remember the whole show. Jackson Smith and Jigba for the greatest moment of the week. Chris Olave. Chris Olave. Uh, we talked to Kevin Clark. We talked to Tom Pelissero. We talked to Field Yates. And we got a lot more coming your way tomorrow. Ooh, Noggin boss. Our Let's guy. go. Let's, uh, uh, Factor, who's thank coming you so up? much for Factor and being here and Factor meal making kits, prize picks. Factor Meal Kits, uh, head to factormeals.com slash CHGO Bears 50. We got Circa tonight. If you're in Vegas, go find the yep. link on my uh, Twitter. It's also on CHGO Bears Twitter. Uh, you got the link to RSVP. Again, it's a free event. You get two free drinks if you RSVP and show up tonight at Circa. We're going to be there from 6 to 8. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Cole Komet, our guy, is here tomorrow joining us on Radio Row. So we will talk to him. Um, I, I, and we got a lot more planned too. Yep. Our entire show tomorrow is basically booked already, so we we're ready to go. A lot of action. Right. We're the gonna take QB, our, baby. We're gonna take our big heads out of here, and we will talk to you tomorrow at noon. See you then. That's what she said. <laughs>
Silly like the mayor. 